Hello, Fempreneurs. Lindsay Berry here. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you love interior design, or maybe you have aspirations to have an Airbnb one day, or you are just everything, you know, everything to do with home decor and interior design, if that just lights you up, you're gonna love today's episode. Uh, I'll be interviewing Sarah Kirkpatrick with Unshelf Design and she is holding a grand opening for her storefront in Calgary on October 14th from 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. I hope to see you there. Um, Let's learn all about Sarah and how her business started and what she does. And yeah, you can get uh, links to her Instagram and website in the show notes. Well, I became a fempreneur 10 years ago uh, when I owned a marketing company. And so I ran that for nine years and now I just transitioned into design and staging and retail now. (laughs) Okay. So you're designing um, home decor, like setups and you're, you're, are you an interior designer technically? So I'm a decorator. So the difference is designers have a four year degree. My degree is in advertising. So I have a certificate. Um, So I do decorating non-structural cosmetic work. Oh, which is what mm-hmm. makes the biggest difference anyways. <laughs> yeah, I don't take down big walls, but it definitely looks, I do all the cosmetic, the pretty stuff. <laughs> okay, that's neat. I didn't actually understand the difference until you just described it. So thank you for educating me about that. Yeah. Um, so you have a store in Calgary that just recently opened up, I think, so, right? Tell so, us, yeah. oh, it's still opening. Okay, tell us all about yeah. that. So uh, we get positioned July 1st, we're doing a build out and I'm hoping, hoping to open July 30th is my goal. And yeah, it's a retail consignment decor store. So wow. it's the, the first of its kind in Calgary. <laughs> wow. So this would be for people who maybe don't love using marketplace to sell their really nice used stuff. Um, or they're going out of town and they want it gone and they want to be paid when they get back or whatever, like different, what, what would be some other scenarios that um, would, you know, bring people into your business? Yeah. So people that like to just flip their stuff more often and, and like you said, not have to meet people off marketplace. And especially if you have a bulk amount of stuff, um, my staging clients often have a lot. So now I'll be able to take it from them after we stage their house and they don't want to move things to the next house, then I can consign it for them and pay them out later. My design clients, when we flip their house, do changes the old stuff can then be consigned and sold for them so my clients will be able to use it and hopefully other designing and staging uh, companies will be able to bring their stuff in to me as well but yeah just the general public people that don't want to meet sketchy dudes on their front step I guess (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) um okay so take us back to like Sarah as a little girl when did you first discover that you had this knack for home decor and just for making things pretty like tell us about you when you were a little girl and your creative tendencies back then sure yeah I mean I didn't even go into design at all early on which is amazing to me because all the apps on my phone now and like well previously were the you know design build your like play these games you can design the house kind of games and when I was younger (laughs) I, you know, most people say, oh, I got it from my mama, but it was actually my dad is, he's like a masculine firefighter kind of guy, but yet all, like every month he'd rearrange our living room. My mom hated it. 
so I would just sit and watch him like sit on the couch while he shuffled it around and just watch him floor plan. And looking back, I think that that had a bigger impact on me than I think because I love space planning. I always call him now like, what would you do with this weird space? And so, yeah, I think I got it from my daddy. <laughs> oh, that's so cool, especially with Father's Day coming up this weekend. I oh, love yeah. that story. <laughs> wow. So yeah. then at what point in your life did you even realize that you could be doing something like this for money, like for a career? Yeah, like a year ago. <laughs> like 30 years later. Um, yeah, I first was going to be a vet. And then I w went to veterinary, I did like had to do a practicum and I fainted during surgery. So I decided that was probably not it. <laughs> There's a more gruesome story to that. But that's for another day. And then I then I went into advertising. And I worked in uh, agencies in Toronto and Vancouver for a few years. And then I started my own, which I ran for nine years. And I guess, guess it kind of started when I bought my first house, we stripped it down to the bones and totally re redid it. It was just a tiny little house and I couldn't afford anything that was done. Uh, so we were tearing out thick stained brown carpets, the whole deal. Um, and yeah, my dad is really handy. So him and his friends and I flipped my house. I still didn't figure out that that was like the best time of my life. And I stayed in marketing and it wasn't until I became a cliche COVID pivoter that I was like, I am so tired and burnt out from marketing. I need something else. And my husband now uh, was selling his rental property. And I was like, let me give you money. I'll front the bill of flipping this. I'll get paid back. And then when, when you sell it. And so that's what I did. We flipped his house and that became my first project. And I still didn't do it full time then, but I was like, that was fun. So I started taking some courses online and it took two years from taking courses to actually closing my marketing company to just jump in full time design. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. And now you have your own store full of beautiful things to stage people's <laughs> homes. Do you have a lot of realtors that use you exclusively to come in and stage houses or like how do, what does your business look like? Yeah, so I do occupied staging. That means that I work with what clients have for furniture specifically and, and as much of their decor and artwork as I can. But I have currently a basement full of decor and artwork, which will soon be in the store and I don't have to haul it up the stairs and I get my basement back. Um, yeah, so like yesterday we did a 6,000 square foot house in Elbow Valley, me and three of my team members just staged this whole house, hired a moving company, brought a ton of stuff and styled the whole thing but usually it's me and two bins of decor for two hours at someone's like standard sized home um just yeah. making it ready for photos and showings wow and it's so rare that i get to talk to someone who has a ton of marketing knowledge um you know specifically having done it for a living for a while so mm -hmm. what would you tell a newer fempreneur who's either just pivoted her business in a different direction um, or has just started a new business, what would you tell her in regards to marketing nowadays? Like, what should she be doing to get her name out there? Um, so I specialized in organic marketing because it just killed me to pay the Facebook gods. And so right. where I put most of my time and effort was blogging um, and for paying like a proper web designer to make you a nice website with SEO, like write your content properly. Even this new business, my unshelf business, 
I get over half of my leads are just organic searches. And I only started my website a year ago. And that's because I just put so much time into blogging and making sure I wrote all my web content out. Of course, that's what I did for a living. So it's easier said than done. But but it really paid off because my whole funnel is full just from from Google. And for social media, I would just stick to one or two. Don't be everywhere. It's way Mm. too chaotic. You're going to waste your time, get burnt out, and then not do any of it. So figure out which platform your audience is on and which one you like to be on. Because if Mm. you're like, oh, my whole audience is on YouTube, but I cannot be in front of the camera, then you're not going to do it. So pick one that you're comfortable with where your audience is already. Okay, so quick recap. So you are saying that blogging on your website which is a website to sell your product or service is helping business owners get more people over to their website from Google searches. Can you explain more of the nerdy background of why that actually works? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, algorithms are always changing, so I could be a couple of months outdated here, but um, yeah, it works because Google is a business and it wants to show people what they're searching for. So they continue to use Google to find what they want and people continue to pay Google to show their ads. So Google's ultimate goal is to show people exactly what they were looking for in the first page as soon as possible. So you need to be very clear about what your website does and provide so that when someone searches Interior Design Calgary, I come up. And so my website, my website has interior design Calgary all over it, not those keywords specifically, but Google knows what I offer. And if someone's searching for it, I can offer it to them. And hopefully the buck stops there. Um, And so, yeah, you just have to make sure to have a variety of keywords and blogs and topics about your general niche and, and your specific niche so that when someone types in something general, you'll come up. Do you go over into Google, into your Google account for your business and actually look at what keywords are driving people to your website or key phrases? Like, I don't, I don't really do that, but I know it's something that's available to me, but do you do that? And have you learned kind of specifically what's sending people to your website? Um, What is that? The shoemakers children have no shoes. (laughs) Don't do it. No, there is Google tag manager, which you can get set up. Um, I do get like the the summary email being like, this is how many people visited your website and these are the search terms, but it usually says not provided. And that's mm. because um, you have to have Google Tag Manager to see actual key phrases. Um, but okay. when I do my blogs, I use Google Trends and I look up specific keywords and then I can tell which ones are the most searched and also the most niche. So I can use those words in my blog. So I'm intentionally targeting people with with my writing. Okay, so you set up your new website for Unshelf Design when? A year ago? A year and a bit, yeah. Okay, so can you describe the first few blog posts you put up there and kind of how you were working through writing them and what you were thinking and what your goal was for each of those, maybe just the first one? Jeez, I don't remember what my first one was, but I definitely started more general. So like, what is interior design and the difference between designers and and decorators and why design can help you love your home and just general 
blogs to get lots of keywords about design in there to show Google that this is who I am since it's a new website. Mm -hmm. And then I start getting more niche with the blogs specific to my style. So what is mm -hmm. a French, French provincial mean is going to be a blog coming up and that's just a style I like. So mm -hmm. niching down a little bit more. And yeah. I think that doing a balance of those kind of blogs is good. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you talked about choosing maximum two social media platforms to really get in there and be present and be consistent with your marketing. Uh, I suspect Instagram is one of your two chosen ones. Yeah. <laughs> what would be another place where people can find you quite to be quite active? Uh, mostly Instagram is where yeah. I spend most of my time. Cause yeah. I also was so burnt out from marketing that I like was like, no, I'm just going to do one really. I have Facebook. Um, so when I have new blogs, I put it there and, the occasional, like when realtors share listings, I'll share it onto that page and some fun things that pop up. But I really spend most of my time doing stories, uh, reels and Instagram posts. Um, I also have a Pinterest that uh, the thing I like about Pinterest is you can kind of set it up and leave it, especially for my industry. So I have a bunch of boards with lots of design ideas, but I don't have to keep feeding it. It just exists if someone checks me out. Okay. Um, so that I set up in advance and just leave it. Um, and I started doing thrifting videos, but I'm for YouTube. It's slow. It, I don't know. I haven't. It's a goal. <laughs> Is it something that you're enjoying, though, like making those thrifting videos for YouTube? Yeah, I, yeah, yes, but I don't make them fancy. Like the goal is I should eventually, you know, edit them, put a intro, but it's really just me turning the camera on and like walking through the 50 things I bought that day and then turning it off. So it's very oh, organic. That's cool though. <laughs> that's really cool. At least you're taking yeah. the time to do that. I'm sure a lot of people are doing something like that that is very, you know, in line with their business and their niche audience and they're not putting those videos out there. So good for you for actually doing that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, that's huge. So is there anything about yourself, um, you know, your personal life? Like, what do you get up to when you're not working? What kind of, like, where can you be found if you're not, you know, doing your biz? Well, all summer is garage sales. So <laughs> I'm trying to build up. My store is eventually, hopefully going to be 90% consignment run. But because it's not up and running yet, I need to open the store with something. So I've been hitting all the thrift stores and like every parade of garage sale. We're up at 8 a.m. on Saturdays, my friend and I. And we go like five hours and just try to hit 50, 60 garage sales every weekend and collect decent, nice looking stuff that I can curate into my styled vignettes for the store. So that's wow. really what I've been doing all summer. But uh, usually I try to travel. I, I uh, have a goal to a new country for every year old I am so oh. 30 33 I am right now I think yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I'm at 31 countries currently thankfully wow. I bought that before COVID but yeah I'm going to Bali in September for my honeymoon <gasps> and I'm really excited good for you <laughs> Bali is definitely on my list as well that's awesome I'm so wow. excited yeah. good for you and so you have a husband um and you love garage sailing and it's kind of a work slash play thing it sounds like yeah. <laughs> um okay so I grew up garage sailing with my dad my dad like taught us how to garage sail and he taught us how to um you know kind of barter he never called it bartering it wasn't until I went to Mexico and then learned about bartering and I was like that's mm -hmm. what dad's been teaching me to do my whole life and now I feel kind of bad because I don't like being bartered with but anyways I was a good barterer <laughs> at garage sales um 
And yeah, and I do, I, I, I've always, I actually, I was dating a guy for a really short period of time. We lived in, in Grand Prairie and they had opened a value village, which I had been to many value village stores before. Um, he had seen them, but never been in one. So we walk in together and he didn't know that it was all secondhand stuff. And he literally walked back out. And then I like was cruising around looking at stuff. And I'm like, where did he go? And I go outside and he's like, uh, don't do used stuff. And I was like, Hey, well, we're done here because I love secondhand <laughs> stuff. And it makes no sense to buy something new when you can get it for like less than half the price used. Like I'm not, oh, I didn't take him to yeah. like a used underwear store. I took him to like value village, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I actually crazy. made a story yesterday. My, I bought this amazing light fixture at, um, restore a few, like a year and a bit ago put it in my living room and then my design friend messaged me. She's like, isn't this your light fixture? I just found it at a at signature lighting and it was two over $2,000. And I got it for 40 bucks at Restore. Wow. So I was like, there's no, always look secondhand first. Oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> like, I get it. Some it people works. are really busy, but that's why your new store is so cool. Like yeah. to not have to sift through all the junk to find the gems, so just walk into a store where it's just gems and you're still oh, saving yeah. money versus buying it new. Like good for you. Even like we, and we don't do vintage or antique. So it's always more, you know, trendy, new, like home sense kind of stuff. Right. And a ton of the stuff that we find still has home sense stickers on it. And we really just sell it for half of the sticker price is sort of our general pricing strategy. So you can get stuff that's in perfect condition that was from home sense a couple months ago for half of the price. So yeah, it's all really inexpensive. And the reason that I'm a little different, I don't like to be considered a flipper, which is people mm. that go to a consignment store, thrift store, buy something and just sell it for more. Mm -hmm. um, I want to use my design. So I create pre-made bundles. I call them vignettes of items that work really well together. So I oh. can connect things and say, this is a great bundle for your coffee table. I found these all items separately, sell them together, and then people can just purchase it and put it where they want it on a bookcase or a mantle or coffee table. Um, and so again, my goal is to have 90% consignment and just thrift items that I need to, to supplement those vignettes. Okay. So when we yeah. walk into the store on July 30th, will it be sort of set up in different kind of like little squares of themes or like that's a living room, that's a kitchen, that's a bedroom. Like how, I'm just curious to know how you're going to set the store up. Yeah, I wish I had room. That was my goal. I would love to have like a house that I turn yeah. into a store is my ultimate love, but it's way too small for that. It's like 500 square feet. So okay. I do have a full fireplace mantle with two chairs and a coffee table that I'm going to style, but my shelving is deep so that I can have the, at least the, the little vignettes, like the tray with the couple, the candles, the figurine and the florals kind of mm. in section. So mm -hmm. part of my shelving will be those, um, pre-styled items and then the rest will be like individual stuff that you can purchase and okay. you will be able to pick and choose out of the vignettes as well you don't have to buy it as a bundle but it just yeah. shows you how you can style it and if you want you can just purchase the whole thing pre-styled wow so cool so yeah. where is your store opening up like where so in Calgary? 
Yeah, it's in Calgary on Blackfoot. It's in the same building as the Inside Avenue Antique Mall, um, right at the top of like Ogden, where Ogden and Blackfoot kind of at the top of the mm -hmm. hill there. So I'm hoping that people like go to the Antique Mall and then they're like, I think I want something kind of new too. Yeah. <laughs> the more um, modern styling of decor that I'll have. So not right. competition. We sell very different things. And I think it'll be a really nice shop for people mm -hmm. in that strip mall. Yeah. What about like tap to buy on Instagram? Are you going to be taking pictures of your little vignettes and like having like price and people can just like, so that they literally just drive over your store and pick up something they've paid for? Or is that possible? Yeah, I already have an online store um, on the website. So unshelf design slash shop, I think. And you can buy the vignettes just right there. And currently you'll have to come to my house to pick it up uh, or I can deliver it if there's enough or you're close. But uh, it will also yeah, have that option to just click and buy online and we can set it up for like curbside pickup. Yeah. Good for you. Wow, that is awesome. Okay, I have one big doozy of a question to, to wrap this up with. Okay. What is the biggest, like hardest thing, challenge you've had to overcome to grow your business, keep your business, start your business, anything to do with your business? Biggest challenge and how did you overcome it? Um, well, right now I'm dealing with permits. <laughs> That's the oh. problem. <laughs> but, uh. um, I think the biggest thing that I struggled with it was more of an emotional thing. I lost my mom five years ago and she was like my best friend. She was an entrepreneur for her whole life. I learned everything from her and I didn't, I didn't realize what I had in her as a, as a boss babe until, mm -hmm. until she was gone. Cause I was still in school. Um, and then when I came out, I was like, Oh my God, she would have known everything. And so I really struggled for a while I was trying so hard to find her somewhere. I wanted just like a person that would be that like mentor and friend and obviously could never find that. Mm. So I think the biggest thing is accepting that she's not around and I'm going to have to find seven people to make up for the one person she was, but um, just kind of, okay, I'm going to need a business coach. Okay. I need a strategies coach. Okay. I need someone I can just vent to and sort of rebuilding my, my tribe um, so that was, that was tough. And just, you know, the emotional battles of losing a parent, um, kind of mm -hmm. set me back a little bit, but yeah. yeah, I think, I think that was the hardest thing to overcome. And I'm fortunate that she, I watched her. I think I did take in more than I realized, um, while she was, you know, talking about work at home. And so I'm very thankful for that. And I'm just trying to implement it all now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That is a very inspiring story. And I'm sure your mom, um, a lot of her knowledge and, and incredible talents are already, you know, the reasons behind your, your success um, yeah. and the success yet to come. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, looking forward to coming into your store. Are you going to do any sort of like a uh, open house or launch party or something that we can spread the word about on, on the Fempreneurs channel? Yeah, I'm going to have an open house. I think I'm going to have a few of them for different like groups of people because uh, it's such a small space. But yeah, I would love to host the Fempreneurs on one day and just have like an exclusive event would be awesome. And uh, I'll be doing design workshops in the space as well. I have a ton of samples and we can like build design boards and shop and I think it'll be 
a lot of fun. So I'm planning to put that stuff together in the next few weeks and plan it out. Hey, well, we'll talk to you hopefully really soon. We'll, we'll stay connected here and make a plan for an event. Yeah, that would be awesome. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to episode 103 of the Fempreneur Marketing Podcast. If hosting an event is something you've always wanted to do, or maybe you've held an event in the past and you've been a little disappointed with the interest you received in it, I want to help you. Your idea is going to work. I promise you, you're going to get the kind of interest and response you want if you follow the steps in my brand new event design and marketing course. The link is below this episode. It's also on the homepage at yycfempreneurs.com. Just click on courses. I have been uh, feeling the world calling me (laughs) to create this course for a while. Uh, Events have been the backbone of the YYC Fempreneurs community. Um, Yeah, I've put out a lot of, you know, knowledge and courses and different things like that and wrote some books and I have the podcast, obviously, but the actual live events where people come together either in person or on Zoom, those have been the things that people talk about the most. And those are actually, those events are actually what lead people into, you know, coming into a workshop or actually hiring me to coach them or any of those kind of things always start with an event. So I want to help you do an amazing job of events so that you can grow your community and your income. And I'm going to do it all in the brand new event design and marketing course. The course actually launches on October 12th and I'm doing a pre-sale for only $89, only $89. I know, right? Until October 11th, super affordable. And then on October 12th, the price goes up to the regular price of $300. So I hope you get in on that. It's at yycfempreneurs.com. Thank you for listening to and sharing this episode. And thank you for spreading the word about the community, about the events, about, you know, this course that I've got and a couple other courses that you'll find over at yycfempreneurs.com. Thank you for sharing this stuff with other ladies like you. Have a great day.